Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashad. Welcome. This is Ken Roshan, the founder of the Key Smiling Movement, and we are with Andrea Adams Miller, who is also with the Key Smiling Movement, and she is the executive director, director, and she owns the Red Carpet Connection. And this is a wish come true to have Frank Shankowitz on the show, and also with the person who plays him in the real movie Wish Man. So, I am kind of pinching myself because this is probably a four-year journey for me. I know Frank has spent a lifetime creating what he's he's done, and it went into a movie. But for it was four years ago I met Frank, and uh, when I met him, I hoped one day that I would able be able to not only interview him but honor him in a book. And our Keep Smiling movement is the perfect book to show how a leader and influencer can. Uh, create smiles, solve problems, create abundance, and just inspire hope. So this is the show that if you were to listen to it, you will leave it feeling hopeful and that you could really create anything you want to make the world better. So Andrea, how are you doing? I am absolutely beautifully wonderful this morning. Well, good. I think we should get right to the show. We have a full show because we have a couple of Frank's friends that are going to be joining us. So why don't we go ahead and do that? Awesome. Frank Shankwitz, a dear friend of ours. In 72, he started his career with the Arizona Department of Public Safety and was a higher patrolman. And he was assigned to Yuma, where his interest in working with children began as a coach for the Special Olympics. And then later, he was transferred to the Phoenix area to be part of a motorcycle team. And for the next 10 years, he would visit local schools and talk about bicycle safety and let the children sit on his motorcycle. And he was one of the primary officers when he granted the wish of a seven-year-old boy with leukemia, which ended up being the history of how so many amazing things happened in his career, where he ended up looking like one of the officers from, like one of a poncho, a John from Chips, and his uh, life literally changed when he helped grant the wish of a seven-year-old boy who wanted to be a highway patrolman. From there, he's done so many amazing things. There's a movie coming out uh, based on the true story of his life this uh, this summer. And uh, Frank, I don't want to share any more because there's so many fabulous details that we want to hear straight from you. So welcome, a standing ovation for your presence here with us today. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate inviting me. Well, Frank, thank you so much for so many reasons. One, obviously how you've lived your life. Two, that you lived it at a level that inspired other leaders and obviously attracted people like Dr. Greg Reed to take notice and really change your life, my life, and, and this program, and Andrew's life because of his vision. But I also want to thank you on a personal note because when I had this Keep Smiling card, it wasn't like people were rushing to grab this card and say, I want to hold this card. But every single event I've been at, you have said, let me have one of those Keep Smiling cards, and you'd put it in your hat, you'd get a new photo, and you really resonate with what the movement's about, which is honoring people that cause positivity and just reminding people they have a choice on being happy or not happy. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for grabbing that card and believing in what I'm doing. Well, and if I'm ever in a bad mood when I see that card or you, I automatically get a smile. <laughs> well, well, thank you for saying when I'm in a bad mood, I, don't, I look at you. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a, a special guest. Uh, it's the person who's playing you in the movie, and I'm going to bring him on in a minute. But I wanted to ask you, um, since you live this amazing life, it takes someone like a Dr. Greg Reed to realize how to leverage it, how to position it, how to cause it into an impact in the world. So let's start there by how you met Greg Reed and what kind of difference he made in your life. Well, and a, kind of a strange story on that. I was still uh, active uh, police. I was still a homicide detective with Arizona State Police. And I was at a charity event in our little town up here in Prescott, Arizona, northern Arizona, and uh, this very attractive lady was displaying some things and talking named Clarissa Burt, who I later turned out, learned was a top fashion model in her years, a uh, hundred and some cover magazines. But we just started talking and hit it off, and uh, she said, I'd like you to meet a gentleman named Greg Reed. 
uh, who lives in San Diego, and I had no idea who that was. And uh, next day I get a call from Greg and introduce himself. He says, I'm bringing you to San Diego. And I said, no, you're not. <laughs> I, I had no idea who this gentleman was. Uh, is, this somebody, is this somebody I put in prison trying to get even? Uh, but did, did what we call wants and warrants check, and he's clean. So uh, who doesn't like San Diego? Uh, meet him. Uh, the first day he hands me a dollar bill, and he says, someday I'm, I'm going to make you a lot of money. And I said, what do you mean? And I had told him that I was getting ready to retire in about 2014 after 42 years with the state police. Uh, enough is enough. And he said, what are you going to do? And I said, I have no idea. I've checked the one as for retired homicide detectives. I don't see anything. And he said, I want to make you a professional speaker. Now, I've been speaking for Make-A-Wish Foundation for over 30 years on keynote events around the world. And he said, we're going to make you money. I said, I don't charge that. He said, no, you don't understand. Not for Make-A-Wish, but on your own. We're going to make you a top inspirational speaker. And going fast forward in 2016, I was the number one Forbes uh, keynote speaker in the United States. But I mm. learned from that mentorship because when I was very young, I had a father figure, uh, 10 years old, that became my mentor and taught me character, integrity, work ethic, uh, polite, everything. And I'm listening to these people. I checked his credentials. I listened to him and, and learned. And that's what you should do from anybody, always learn. Amen. And I'll tell you, if there's anyone that uh, can teach the value of mentorship, it would be Dr. Greg Reed. He, uh, he wrote a book on it, and he certainly brings the best mentors you can possibly attract in an event called Secret Knock. And that's been one of the events I get to rekindle a hug and a, a smile and uh, another picture of you in a little short conversation. So I've always been grateful to Greg for all those things. And I don't know if there's a way we could have met if it wasn't for him. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm starting this show with him. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and all the connections he's made through the people over the years, just amazing. And you actually do a lot of other events that kind of spawn from connections that you made from the Secret Knock event. And, Greg Reed, you do Habitude Warriors. There's a Habitude Warriors coming up in Dallas. Are you doing that event? Yeah, uh, that's this week, the end of this week. And then, again, Habitude Warriors in San Diego, um, the end of April. But... Just all sorts of speaking events. My manager got me on a plane about uh, three times a month with going somewhere uh, to deliver a keynote to some groups, especially corporate groups. Well, let's give a little shout-out to Eric Swanson because I'd have to say that uh, I learned about your presentation and speech on a, a more in-depth level when I was able to spend three days at one of his events and just be present for you to speak. And I had taken plenty of pictures of you, even though I took some more. But you are you have really caused audiences to shift and want to get in line to just shake your hand and thank you for what you've done also with your life, but also to inspire them to do something big with their life. So why don't you give a, a little shout out and what Eric Swanson's meant to you? Well, uh, again, it um, just gave me more exposure. And what I mean by that, by the exposure is I'm able to spread a message to everybody. My tagline is everyone can be a hero and how to give back to your community. And I'm involved, I sit on a board for several nonprofits now, and, and I can get that message out and just get people inspired to help somebody else. And that's been my whole mission. I've been a, obviously in the service industry my whole life, from Air Force to police, and uh, just how you can help people out. All right, well, before we bring Andrew out, I just want to say that you may have just given me the title of the Keep Smiling book. What do you think of this? Keep Smiling, Heroes Happen. <laughs> that, that's Perfect. You can use it. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we can call it maybe the Wishman edition. Obviously, we're going to uh, create this book after this radio show and send it out to you, and you tell us what you want to change and how to make it better. But I, I think this book is going to tie a lot of your friends who have held a key smiling card that know you, love you, and would be happy to share your story. And it's, it's very interesting that this key smiling movement is an unexpected crazy viral campaign that's really very much suited to the Malcolm Gladwell tipping point uh, phenomenon, which is you don't know where a story is going to go when you have someone that's influential in your book saying, hey, I'm in Frank's book, and he, I, I heard him on stage, I watched his movie, and then they tell hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of people how important 
your gift is, but more importantly, that you believe anyone can cause a wish and anyone can be a hero. And that's a great message. Yeah, and, and we call it a ripple effect. Yep, I agree. So, mm-hmm. Andrea, if you'd be so kind as to introduce Andrew, and we'll bring him in right now. I would love to. Uh, Andrew Steele, we had the pleasure of meeting, oh, several years ago um, at a a City Gala event with Ryan Long, and he was just very charismatic, very handsome, and who would have known over time that this uh, amazing young man and and actor would end up playing the role of Frank Shankwitz. So Andrew is going to be on with us on on a program coming up in the future future so we can learn more about his life and his specialties and all the really cool things he's doing. So, Andrew, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here as Frank's younger self. It's uh, fantastic to be here, and, and what a what a guy to be. And like Andrea said, we're going to have you on for another show because you have your own story. You actually uh, have created some magic that I would like to amplify in the world, but for this particular show, this is about Frank, his Keep Smiling movement, his chapter, and how your life was changed because of him, and for that matter, how Greg Reed um, helped with that as well. So I'll leave the floor to you, and you can take it in any direction you want right now. Beautiful. Well, yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head right there. Um, my life did you know, change dramatically in, in the last you know, three years since meeting both Frank and Greg um, that night. It was at a city gala a preview event and um, I was introduced to both of them and we got chatting and, and there was a connection that was there and, and the support that I've had from these gentlemen um, has, has not stopped since then. And, and uh, yeah, my, my wish was definitely granted to, to get an opportunity to play the leading role in a feature film and, and uh, like to be, you know, picked and to be supported uh, in such a role playing playing Frank, who, you know, one of the most humble, down-to-earth people that you could meet and, um, you know, coming from such such humble beginnings where he did. And um, I've learned so much about character and, you know, um, respect and, um, you know, integrity, honesty, all these incredible attributes. Um, I keep learning them day in, day out from, you know, when I get opportunities to hang out with Frank and you know, and Greg, you know, you mentioned he's a great mentor and he's definitely been my mentor over here in, in business and life and and a lot lots of different ways. So I'm so humbled and, and blessed to have met these guys and then uh, I was so excited to share with you uh, the work and that, that we put together which represents Frank's life and, and what a life it is. Well, we have a couple questions and probably more questions than time permits. So did you know at when you were heading to City Gala, or how did you find out about City Gala that you would meet them? Um, uh, I, I did. I, I Katrina Thornton, who was uh, Greg's assistant at the time, she said, look, we met down at Comic-Con, um, and she was like, you've got to meet, you've got to meet my boss, Greg. Like, they just, she just thought, you know, I was up to some good things, and she thought that we, there was a good connection there. And I remember, you know, they were talking about... Um, you know, casting this film, and but I just really just wanted to make you know, meet meet Frank, my own you know personal like I met I met the guy that made make a, make a wish, and you know there are so many roles that kind of come in and out of your life as an actor. You audition for a lot of stuff, but but when that, when Katrina was like, oh, you might be able to play Frank in this movie, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, that that would be great. But I got to meet Frank, like. You know, don't worry about playing in a movie because that's never going to happen. Because you know, there's always everyone promises the world, and 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 then the next day she was like, "I think you think you've actually got a good shot here." And I was like, I was believing, like I was listening to her, wanting to believe her, but you kind of protect yourself in these situations. But I, you know, uh, it's I'm still I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about you know how it was to be on set and you know opposite you know acting opposite like. You know Hollywood names like you know Robert Pine and Bruce Davison, like you know all these incredible actors, and 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 this, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, no. So so I I I knew Frank was going to be at this event, but I had no idea how this was going to change my life. That's awesome. I want to ask you a question that is technically a rapid fire, and that I hope I can get to answer it quickly because I want to see if we can get a couple more in real quick before the break. So, what was your dad like to you? Beautiful. 
He was, uh, yeah, very, very loving. But so tough as well. Like, didn't didn't give a lot of compliments, but I knew he supported me. He's many few words, but um, did you relate to Frank's story at all because of his connection to his dad? Yeah. Yes, I did. And you got married, and I'm guessing that marriage had something to do with these. If you connect the dots, they couldn't have been connected without this this uh, event, the City Gala event. Is that true or not? Um, uh, I knew Kim um, for seven years, but she did play a role in the film. And but I don't think had and I'd not gone through the experience of you know everything that happened on set that I would have been ready to be um, to be uh, Kim's Kim's husband. So yeah, I thank you, thankful again for that. So I guess I'll finish with this. I'm a movie buff, and I'm a, I'm a little bit of an addict because when you're an entrepreneur, you need inspiration, and that inspiration comes from movies like Wishman. And I honestly say this. When I saw the pre-release at Secret Knock, I cried, and it was probably in my top five of all time. And I, I cannot emphasize enough that I'm, a, I'm an inspirational junkie. So for me to say it's top five is not just like another person who says, yeah, I've seen 10 movies in my life or 20. I've, I've seen thousands and thousands of movies. I'm very, like, I'm a guy who watches Cinderella Man 10 times, watches Rudy, you know, 10 times, those kind of movies. And Wish Man is the kind of movie that you watch it and you get a new lease on life. What did it do for you? What did the, what did the movie do for me? Yeah, when you or, felt, or, when you saw it, when you saw the movie and that you helped share the story and you were Frank... What did it do for you emotionally? Like, it was it different than other movies you played? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, for starters, when when we saw it in the collective of of you know the the pre screen room, um, there was a, you know there was a bunch of people there, and they were all affected. And to see them affected, and to see Frank affected, and yeah, I definitely shared tears. Like, I teared up for the first time that I read the script. Theo Davies did a fantastic job in writing and directing this. This piece, but uh, that's the beauty of his craft. Um, and so to watch it, like, it was a completely cathartic experience. I was not only watching the story, watching Frank, but watching me in this role. And there was so much that had aligned all the stuff that, you know, we'd gone through as a team individually. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a beautiful moment. And, you know, I'm sure I'll be watching it a few more times. Um, yeah, I'm very, so proud of it. Yeah, so am I. And I want to get back to Frank and bring you in at the the final rapid fire where we just kind of pick your brain on some of the things that changed your life that led you to City Gala. So, um, Frank, we're coming back to you. I want you to give a little bit of the pre-story that led to the movie so that people get an idea of what you actually had to go through. So would you mind sharing what it was like to live your childhood and why that was so important, and what happened later. Well, I had, uh, I guess, what people called an unusual childhood. <laughs> That's why they made a movie about it. But mm-hmm. um, born in Chicago at age two, my mother divorced my father and left. We never had any idea where she went. Um, from <clears throat> two to five, lived with my grandparents uh, and my dad, obviously. Uh, great life, as you can remember, uh, in those years uh, with the aunts, uncles, cousins, just so much fun good family life. At age five, my mother kidnapped me off a kindergarten playground, and I had no idea who she was, uh, fighting her. She drugged me away. Um, she said, we're going to Arizona, where I had no idea where Arizona was, and she didn't want me to be with my father, or whatever her issues were. Ended up in Michigan for several years, a uh, stranger out to Arizona. But having to live in a car, living in a tent during the summer times at a state park, living in old flop houses, food was always an issue. Um, left alone continuously, kept me in little rural schools because she knew my father was looking for us. At age 10, my father did find us and got a sheriff to uh, call the sheriff to come out and have her arrested. And she grabbed me and threw a few things in a car and went to Arizona. It took us about three weeks to get there, again, sleeping in a car. She would work as a waitress a couple of days to get some gas money. Hit a little town in northern Arizona called Seligman, Arizona, where she ran out of gas, money, everything. 
And a ranching family took us in. And in fact, we lived with them for six months. A very small ranch house. Our our, our bedroom was on the uh, kitchen floor, a couple bedrolls down on the kitchen floor. And But this is the first time we had been permanent in a town. And Sligman, Arizona, a little town of 500 people, predominantly Mexican Indian. It was a railroad town and a ranching town. And I got a job at 10 years old as a dishwasher working full-time. Um, but I met a gentleman at that time named Juan Delgadillo, who um, became my father figure, my mentor at that young age. And the biggest thing he taught me was to always turn negatives into positive, always be grateful for everything that's helping, always give back. And when he told me, I said, Juan, how can I give back? I don't have a thing. People are feeding us. The poor people are feeding us. He said, Mm -hmm. Frank, you don't have to have money to give back. He said, look at Mrs. Sanchez, for example, the widow Sanchez. Um, Her yard is a mess. She's kind of ill. She can't take care of it. You're big enough. You can go over there and clean that whole thing up as kind of a payback, which I did. Look at Mr. Ortega. They've got an old boxcar that's wrecked on the Santa Fe line. They drug in. That's going to be their home. They're trying to paint it. You can help that because they're helping you. And I always remember those lessons. But the biggest lesson was, again, turn that negative to the positive. When I was uh, started seventh grade, my mother said, I can't afford you anymore. You're on your own. And she left. And I went to Juan, what am I going to do? And he said, this is where you turn it negative to the positive. I'm arranged for the, you to live with the widow Sanchez for the first time you're going to have, because we didn't have uh, bathroom facilities in this little trailer we had. We'd have to go to the Santa Fe yard. I had to, to use the showers and so on. He said, you're going to have indoor plumbing. You're going to have your own bathroom. She's the best cook in town. And that was no argument. <laughs> and plus that, you make you make $26 a week washing dishes. Now, this is in the 50s, so we don't get <laughs> labor laws going. But uh, And she's only going to charge you $20. And for the first time in your life, you're going to have $6 a week of your own money. Because every money That's I awesome. made went straight to my mother. So, again, all that positive thing. And, and the coaches, the teachers, everything. And I remember that through my whole life. Even the Air Force with the, uh, some extra duty uh, things that my the sergeant and that taught me. And Real quick answer. I, I totally agree. We, we got a special guest. Have you heard of uh, This Is Your Life? Remember that movie, uh, that show way back when? Oh, this sure, sure. So we're bringing Sharon on, and I want Andre to do that. But real quickly, um, did your mom, your mom alluded to the fact that your dad was not available or he was he had passed away. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So that because was kind of a laughed. shut door. Why, why, yeah, right. Gotcha. All right, Andrea, why don't you bring uh, our special This Is Your Life guest on? <laughs> yes, we have Sharon Doyle with us. She is a celebrity journalist and press agent, and she has been connected with some pretty amazing things like the Oscars, the Grammys, and the Emmys, and a wide variety of fashion shows, festivals, and charities. And she's uh, quite amazing in her own right as an actress and speaker, and she's been in, like all kinds of wonderful movies. So we're going to have her on again for her own special moment as well. But please join us, Sharon. It was such a pleasure to meet you, and here you go. Good morning, everyone. And good morning, Sharon. Bright and early, are we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sharon. uh, Oh, go ahead, please, sure. I said, Frank, I get to talk for more than 10 minutes this time. (laughs) 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 That's that's our personal joke. Frank always says, okay, you get 10 minutes, Sharon, go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll we'll make it up to you. We'll let you have a whole bunch of time all to yourself. No, I'm good. (laughs) Sharon, can you share for us how Frank has really changed and influenced your life as well? Well, it's interesting enough. I met Frank uh, several years ago. Um, and it was on the red carpet that I met Frank, and it was through a mutual friend of ours. Um, and when Frank, you know, being at Hollywood events, there's lots of people, lots of activity, lots of energy. And Frank walked in, and I said to my girlfriend, who is that? And she said, that's Frank Shankowitz. And I said, you know, and keep in mind, a lot of Hollywood events have thousands of people. And I said, I want to know that person. And she said, okay, let me introduce you to him. And so that was the very first time that I had met Frank. And it was something that it was about Frank's energy, his aura that he had, the, the presence when he walked into that room that gravitated me to him amongst everyone else in that room. 
and uh, as we both had busy schedules, we kind of, you know, interacted a little bit throughout the years and, you know, a touch base on Facebook and, you know, private message and things like that. And up until, gosh, maybe last year or so, we really connected when Frank was out uh, visiting with Mr. Reed. And, um, you know, there was a course of events that kind of changed the direction of both of our lives, bringing us a little bit more parallel together. And, uh, you know, that was a moment when, um, you know, I had I was working on an award show, um, and my job at the time was to... Um, go out in, you know, Hollywood and find some of the best people um, to give awards to. And at that time, I would see, you know, Frank's post about his movie and his movie being completed. And I said, Frank, this is a good opportunity. Let's, why don't you have, you, you know, come by it, you know, the you award know, show, I'll get you some free tickets. Never did I think that, you know, less than a couple months later, I would be, you know, giving them the opportunity to receive awards because I talked to the lady that was in charge and she said, why don't you submit them for receiving awards? And I said, well, there's not really the categories. She goes, well, create the categories. So I created the categories. They accepted them at the award show. And then I nominated Frank um, for one of those awards. And, you know, I, I didn't think that, you know, first time out, sometimes when you're dealing with people that run the Oscars that, you know, they're going to listen to what you're writing about someone, and he ended up winning. And so that was an exciting moment for, you know, uh, Frank and for the start of his movie and promoting of his movie. So uh, it was a fun time. Well, thank you, Sharon. I'll tell you, I want to emphasize, because we're doing a book for Frank called Keep Smiling, Hope Happens, or Wishes Happen, whatever he comes up with. But the point is that he decided to be a leader and a person that would change a lot of people's lives. So how did he change your life? You know, I think it was, um, you know, getting to understand Frank's story and understanding, you know, um, where, you know, where he started from and how he never let that change who he was in life and how he interacted with people. You know, oftentimes, you know, these, these influencers, these disruptors in life, you know, they come from really harsh stories. And I never really thought that Frank, you know, when I met him, I'd never, because he has this, you know, smile about him, his personality, he's very happy, he's, you know, he's got a good personality, he connects with people on a different level. I never realized, you know, up until just recently, uh, you know, the, the beginning of his life, um, which was, you know, if you, once you see the movie, you'll see, you know, how harsh that life was for him as a child. Um, but yet he still remained positive. And I think that was one of the, the key points for me is that he still, you know, went out and did good in the world and, and positively impacted everyone that he touched, including myself. I totally agree. So we're going to head back to Frank because we have a very short second segment to do. And we're not going to even go to break because this is so much of a mental move here. So, Frank, would you say that had you not gone through the difficult childhood, and I will say that almost every inspirational movie I've encountered, experienced, the person went through something that was so difficult, you wouldn't wish that on anybody. But had it not happened to them, they couldn't be who they are. So did you need that life to be who you are? Well, you you never know if you need that life. Um, Obviously, during especially those hard times, those very hungry times, uh, you're a little upset in that. But, and, and my, I mentioned my mother left me uh, on my own, but we did uh, reconnect years and years later. And um, I just told her, thank you. She said, what do you mean, thank you? Look what I did to you. I said, if you hadn't done that, I don't think I would be in the position I am today as far as um, starting a largest uh, children's organization in the world other events that happened to me, um, being able to help other nonprofits. And, and well, she, she was crying, and I said, no, I mean that. If this hadn't happened, you know, God sets a path for everybody, I fully believe, and uh, that was a path they set. So let me ask that in a little different way, because you did answer it in in, awesome, but here's, here's the question. If you hadn't gone through what you went through, could you relate to someone that was a need 
as much as you do now? Well, I, I'm sure I, I would. Uh, again, uh, just because of being in the service, uh, I say sector for police officer for 42 yep. years. That's okay. why we're there. That's what we do. We help people. We save people. And unfortunately, we get the bad people off the streets uh, so the good people can go about their business as they should. So, Frank, think about this for a second. There's 10,000, 100,000, a million police officers. You're the one who started the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I ask you again, had you not gone through what you went through and been so hungry and had the mentors you had that brought you into the right type of scope to be able to understand what it is to have a person in need, need help, do you think that made the difference? Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, whatever path you're going on, but again, just that wanting to help the children, wanting to help other people. Awesome. So let's talk about that child. That child came into your life at a very important time. What was happening at the time that caused almost the movie to be, you know, created? Well, the the, the biggest event, and like Andrea said, uh, I was on a 10-man motorcycle squad. We worked the whole state of Arizona, Arizona Highway Patrol, two weeks in one town, two weeks in another town. And the TV show Chips became very popular at that time. And if people don't know what that show is, it was about two California Highway Patrol motorcycle officer, Punch and John. Uh, and this is in the mid-'70s, early-'80s. Very popular show, especially with the younger audience. And uh, we would go in these little towns, and instead of the kids kind of looking away, all of a sudden they're yelling, hey, Punch, hey, John, referring to Chips. And we had trained initially with California Highway Patrol. Our uniforms were almost identical, except ours in Arizona, obviously. Our equipment, our motorcycles were identical to CHP. And... Um, it was just a fun time talking to the kids. It started a good public relations thing. In the uh, late 70s, I was involved with a high-speed chase with a drunk driver over by the California border, and another drunk driver pulled right in front of me, hit him broadside. Uh, I was told the crash was spectacular and was pronounced dead at the scene. My partner could not revive me. Um, they called in the code 963A, officer killed in the line of duty. Um, Every police officer ever worked with Ken believes in a higher being, no matter what faith it might be. And we always say a prayer every day. Please uh, allow me to come home. We get home at night, say a little prayer. Thank you for allowing me to come home. And God sends down people to help you. Your guardian angel might be in different forms. And in this case, it was an off-duty emergency room nurse from California. I uh, saw the crash stop, told my partner, I'm going to try and revive him. He said he's dead. We can't do it. <laughs> you and I are talking, so obviously she didn't listen to him. <laughs> and after four four minutes, brought me back to life. Um, wow! And um, it, it took it took several months to recover from that accident: traumatic uh, brain injury, skull fracture, broken bones, and so on. But towards the end of it, because they had to go to counseling, let's make sure you're okay to go back to work mentally. And the counselor said to me, "God spared you for a reason. Now it's up to you to find that reason." Two years later, I get a call from our commanders. We just learned this little boy named Chris, seven years old, terminal leukemia, only a couple weeks to live. His heroes are Ponch and John from the television show Chips. And he told his mother that when he grows up, he wants to be a motorcycle officer, just like Ponch and John. The commander said, we have received permission from his mother, from his doctors, for us to pick him up at his hospital on our state police helicopter fly him to our headquarters building, and we would like you to be standing by to meet this little boy, which I did. I had no idea what to expect. But just this meeting with this little boy, and when the helicopter landed, I had no, no idea what to expect. I had not met Chris. I thought our paramedics were going to help him out. This little pair of red sneakers jumps out of the helicopter, runs over, hi, I'm Chris, can I get on your motorcycle? Well, of course you can, Chris. And he had watched ships so much, he knew every button and switch on that motorcycle. <laughs> this is a siren. Can I turn it on? These are the four-way flashers. What's in your saddlebag? Do you have the same as Punch? And, and this little boy is just laughing and having so much fun. And I'm looking at his mother, and she's crying. And I'm, what, what's wrong? And then it dawned on me. She has her seven-year-old back. This little boy just come off IVs. And now he's being a typical seven-year-old. So Chris went on that day to become the first and only honorary Highway Patrol officer in the history of the Highway Patrol complete with his own custom-made uniform, uh, his badge, his certificate assigned to him today, and the most important thing to him, 
his motorcycle wings that identified him as a motorcycle officer. And unfortunately, Chris passed away a couple days after this wish of his had become true. And our commanders learned he's going to be buried in a little town called Kewanee, Illinois, and came to me and said, we have lost a fellow officer. We would like you and your motorcycle partner to go back to Kewanee and give Chris a full police funeral, which we did. Now, the press had picked this up. Now, this is before Internet or anything. Uh, this is just the local press picking this up. And we were met in this little town of Kewanee by Illinois State Police, City Police, County Police, to give this little boy a full funeral procession. Again, the press was there. We had all sorts of people at Chicago Airport when we were leaving. But flying home, County, I just started thinking, here's this boy had a wish, and we made it happen. Why can't we do that for other children? And that's when the idea to make a wish was born, maybe 36,000 feet over Kansas somewhere. So is it for a person who's a believer, Christian, spiritual, God made this boy to touch your heart so that you could actually play a bigger role in the world? I'm sorry, say that again? I said God made this boy to touch your heart and to be the hero so you could realize that you could be a hero and play at a bigger level? Oh, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind. Again, I'm a man of faith, so there's no doubt in my mind that God brought us together for a reason. But look what this little boy has done for other children. I know. I know. I mean, and we're, we're on, we have our 39th anniversary coming up, and we have granted over uh, half a million. That is hard for me to even comprehend right now over half a million wishes worldwide because of a seven-year-old boy. So, first of all, I'm going to make a request that that 39th anniversary that we are permitted to be there as media so we can do the second stage of this book, which is to show all these people that you touched because of that little boy. So that's that's a, a formal request on the air, and I hope <laughs> you accept it. <laughs> the second part is, did that boy's funeral have something to do with you rekindling with your father. Oh, yes, yes. Um, and when I went back uh, to um, Chicago, um, where we landed to go to the little town of Kiwani, um, my father had, I'm going to give away a key thing in the movie. <laughs> That's, that was what <laughs> I was hoping movie. for, Frank. I was <laughs> hoping. <laughs> the movie. But, but, but there, there was a reconnection with my father. And... Um, I'm just going to say, go to the, go see the movie on that scene. We you talk to Andrew; he's still on the line. One of the most dramatic scenes in the movie, and there's several, but there will not be a dry eye in the house. And I've seen this movie now at screenings probably 15 times, with a meeting between the son and the father, and the acting that goes into that. There's no word spoken, just the exactly. acting, and that's what true acting is about. And by the way, this is called a teaser, folks that are listening, but I promise you, even if he told you the whole damn movie, word for word, you'd still need to see it because anyone that says they can watch this a couple times is saying they don't need inspiration every single day or every single week. So <laughs> I can't wait for this movie to be available on Amazon or Netflix or whatever. I want to buy it and be able to watch it whenever I want. So, Frank, this, this is really crazy, though. This kid had a trifecta. He had... You wanting to live again, he had you rekindle with your dad, and then he had you think about thinking way beyond yourself that you could create something that almost no one would imagine. That's crazy. To I mean, this 39th anniversary, I hope you take – you didn't formally accept my, uh, my request, but bring me in as media to that event, please. <laughs> Let me come. We'll, we'll just event. have you contact your local chapter back there, and you can do that. Because they, right, they call it enough. world, they call it World Wish Day. Because Make a Wish now is worldwide with chapters all over the world, and uh, you can just connect with your local chapter because they will have the uh, World uh, Wish Day coming up in April. April? What? What? This month? In this month, yes. How fortuitous! Do you have a day? <laughs> Do you have a way we can contact them? I'm I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Um, you just go to wish.org, uh -huh. and they'll say chapter locator, put in your zip code, and we'll take you to the chapter right right in your area. Beautiful. So, that we follow the format and have a book finished because we're running out of time a little bit. You shared a good deal about your who. 
and you shared vaguely about your why, but how did you create your why and what is your why? Well, my why, again, is to give back. Everyone can be a hero, and that's the big message for this movie. Um, but my why is I'm, I'm retired now from the police and have this whole new second career as an uh, inspirational, motivational speaker and kind of like the Pied Piper. And I find out people don't know <laughs> a lot these days what the Pied Piper means, <laughs> but to go out and spread the message, uh, mm-hmm. especially with the new uh, nonprofits I'm involved with, um, the Wounded Blue to help police officers uh, that are injured in the line of duty. Um, I'm just going by the U.S. vets. Uh, we find homeless veterans, get them off the uh, streets into counseling, uh, temporary housing, job training, job placement, permanent housing. Just several nonprofits that I'm involved with, and it, it helps me get that message that let's let's help somebody out. And you had mentioned some numbers about the how. So the how is how many smiles you've created through abundance and through solving problems. So how many wishes, again, have you helped with? Well, there's been over uh, a half a million wishes now that have half been granted million. worldwide. And well, when you put that to the average family and that, we've affected well over a, a million and a quarter people worldwide. So there's another Pied Piper um, that, that's living that I know about, and his name is Barry Shore. So Barry Shore is the Pied Piper of handing key smiling cards out and getting people to embrace joy and making a decision to be hopeful and inspirational. So I find it interesting you, you mentioned the word Pied Piper because in the front of every key smiling book is the story of Barry Shore, and he actually references himself as a reincarnation of the Pied Piper. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, Very and cool. anytime you see or talk to Barry, if you're not smiling, there's something wrong with you because that man will bring out a smile at anybody. I totally agree. I totally agree. So to give a proper shout out, I think uh, Andrew mentioned earlier the person who wrote the the movie. I think he just referred by his first name. If you'd give his full name, please. Yeah, Theo Davies. And Theo Davies is also the director. And to me, what an honor to work with this man because it took us two and a half years to write the screenplay on this. Um, and his original screenplay that Theo wrote. <clears throat> And I was fortunate I've been in this business a little bit, and I demanded script approval, which I'm glad I did. Because <laughs> some things got a little wild, but it just, we finally came together. We finally came together on everything, and I just, uh, I really hope that uh, Hollywood, per se, recognizes his efforts on this. And uh, I think he's going to deserve some awards on this, just on the screenplay itself. I totally agree. Uh, anytime you want to watch a movie again and again and again, you are hooked, uh, not just with the story, but in the truth and the, the connection to the humanity of it. So that's why I wanted to bring that back up again. So I actually met you at a time when this was all talk, and you actually answered me, well, we'll see. You know, if it happens, it happens, and I hope it does. But <laughs> you, you had no idea the persistence that Greg had and the people that he was going to connect you with would have to create this movie. And when I saw the movie, it looks like a, you know, a regular 30, $40 million movie budget. And I know the budget was considerably less, but they pulled it off. They pulled off a movie that could go to the Oscars. And then one of the big things, Ken, is uh, I lobbied, uh, I was uh, hired as the, uh, location scout, technical advisor, consulting producer on this, and I lobbied very hard to have this filmed up in my area, in northern Arizona, uh, because most of the film movies are filmed in New Mexico, um, Georgia, etc., because Arizona doesn't give tax credits to the movie companies. Mm-hmm. And because of my connections there, that I grew up in this area, uh, things that we needed, we needed a warehouse to convert to, a soundstage and so on. Oh, Frank, just take it. There's not going to be a charge. We're going to do a favor. But what I wanted to do is to give back to this community up here that when I was in high school and that coaches, teachers, so on, my employers gave so much to me that I could give back to this community by infusing. You know, when Hollywood comes in with uh, 40 crew members and cast and so on, there's a lot of money infused into the area. Exactly. Exactly. So, so we want to move. my little way of giving back here to this community. Well, let, let's give you a chance to give a shout-out to that community. What is the city, and who's a, who's a person in that community you want to just say thank you to? Well, Prescott, Arizona. It's northern Arizona, about 120 miles north of Phoenix. We're up in the mountains, 
6,000 feet. But just the, the mayor of uh, Prescott, the city council, the film commissioner, the Avapai Board of Supervisors, the little town of Seligman, Arizona, um, personal friends, um, funeral home, Butch Hampton, uh, a, a bar that we filmed a lot of scenes in, Dave Michelson for the historic Palace Bar. It just goes on and on. There's so many pictures. And, and what I like about the closing credits, you know, the usual thank yous, they make mm-hmm. sure that all of those people are mentioned in those closing credits. The big thank you. You know, that's so important because I have actually been part of films that there's no, they, they, they cut that short and the person's waiting till the end to say, I contributed and I'm getting, being acknowledged. So congratulations on that. That means everything. Good job. So let's go to rapid fire. Rapid fire is where we talk about, uh, ask questions that are as quick asked as they are answered, hopefully. So we'll start with Andrew. Andrew, you still there? I hope he is. If he's not, yes, sir. Frank, you you, good. Andrew, you are first because you have the letter A in the front of your name. So, Andrew, right. uh, a book or two that changed your life? Uh, the Secret, uh, Rhonda Byrne, um, and Wishman, Frank Shankwitz. Amen to that. All right, Frank? A uh, book that changed my life? Wishman, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and one more just for fun. Um, Stickability by Greg Reed. Totally agree with that. That was awesome. Uh, Andrea? Um, I would like to know if there's a song that motivated you throughout your life when you're, like, down or depressed. Andrew? Don't Andrew, you're worry. First. Be happy. <laughs> Bobby McFerrin. Bobby McFerrin. And, and uh, Frank, what's your song? Louis Armstrong, It's a Wonderful Life. A wonderful world, but wonderful you're world. close because there was a movie called The Other. Yeah, wonderful <laughs> Jim Stewart. Yeah, I'll get him right. Amen. <laughs> All right, so we're going to keep with this inspirational media. Um, this one, because you're an actor, Andrew, you can go up to three movies, but three movies that change your life that you can't stop watching. Up to three, up to three, I should say. Mm. Mm. Inspirational. Um, yeah. Uh, or favorites. Shawshank Redemption. Damn good. Um, the Passion of the Christ. Bless you. Um, wah, 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 wish, 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 mm. wish, <laughs> man. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, thanks for that. Gotta <laughs> drag it out of Come on, Andrew. <laughs> now, now, wow, now Frank, one. I already know you're going to say Wish Man, so give me your second one. <laughs> Um, Rudy and the Blind Side. I know. Aren't those great? Both football yep. movies, too. That's, that's excellent. Andrea? Um, so I, I always want to know what, you, what inspired you as a child. So what did you want to grow up and be? Andrew? I wanted to be a rugby union player. <laughs> and Frank? Guy. Frank? What would you want to be when you grew up? Oh, what did I want to grow up to be when I was yep. a little boy? A, uh, a rodeo cowboy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, a bull rider. Yeah. All right. Well, I usually save this question for the end, but I, I, Andrew's, Andrea has been stealing it from me, so I'm going to take it back. So here we go. A quote you live mm-hmm. by. Andrew? Um, be good to yourself and each other. I said that. That is so amazing. You use that quote, the quote that I live by. You say, good job, Andrew. <laughs> Frank? The code of the West. Treat everybody respectfully. Awesome. Andrea? If you were to have uh, somebody um, act you out, Andrew, this would be for Andrew because I already know what Frank's doing. Um, who would be the person who would play you, Andrew? Uh, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, I think. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right, Andrew. That's, that's, that's we, I don't. I don't think. I think the guy's probably ten by now, so <laughs> I don't know him yet. Probably. <laughs> All right, we're gonna, Andrew. We're coming back to you, and then we're gonna, and then Frank, and then we're almost done with the show. So here we go. You have your own philanthropy that um, 
you love and you created. What is the name of it and how can people connect with you for that? Uh, it's called Flicks for Change. It's a film festival with a social conscience. Um, they can connect with us on at flicksforchange.org. It's F-L-I-C-K-S, the digit for change.org. We're getting submissions for films right now in our Sydney, Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles festivals. So, yeah, connect. We'd love to have you. I live in D.C., so you better make sure that you allow me to help support that. Frank, what is... Uh, oh, yeah. What is yours, Frank? And what was the question? It was a philanthropy that you would like to steer people to. Well, it's, again, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, obviously. Uh-huh. But, also, but also U.S. Vets and yep. the Wounded Blue, a new uh, nonprofit I've just started with my friend Great. in Las Vegas to help uh, injured police officers. Cool. Andrea, last question very quickly. Uh, oh, uh, uh, what is, um, oh, sh- you threw me off, Ken. Can you take it? <laughs> okay, here we go. What are you up to this year after the movie that's going to make a difference? And quick answer, Andrew. Uh, I'm visiting my wife on set in New Zealand. Um well, that's not really making a difference. <laughs> well, it could, but yeah. uh, what what are you up to real quickly? we got to wrap up. So what's what's the next big step for you? Um, uh, pass. <laughs> okay, terrible. you pass. Frank, look, what, what's look, the I've next? Got, I've got, next? I've got, sorry, I've got three festivals you're, for my film festival. That, that's where I'm That's big, man. That's time. big, Andrew. I, I didn't mean to, to trump you. you got so much going on, I can believe it. So, Frank, what's your next big step? Uh, next week, well, after the movie, um, just all sorts of speaking engagements all over the nation. Uh, again, to spread the word, everybody can be a hero. Good. All right. Well, Andrew, Matthew, Susan, thank you so much for being part of this. Frank, uh, you are absolutely an inspiration. You have been amplified, and we are going to turn this into a chapter you can be proud of. It will not be as big as the movie, but it will be an amplifier to the movie in your life. So thank you so much for being the man you are, the leader you are, and an inspiration to all of us. We'll be back next week. This is Ken Rashan with Amplify. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplify. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.